The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. The Cabinet today were briefed on proposals as to what the government might do with their budget surplus running this year and next year into the tens of billions of euro. Putting most of it aside into some form of a rainy day fund seems to be the preference. But what about a big ticket item? For instance, should we resurrect a suggestion to move Dublin Port? An argument made uh, by several people down through the years, including independent senator, former leader of the PDs and former cabinet minister, Michael McDowell, who's with me now. Michael, you're welcome to the show. Why should we consider moving Dublin Port? Well, first of all, I mean, this £65 over the next uh, four or five years isn't money in our pocket, so to speak. And uh, we have to um, accept, you know, that it's purely a forecast. But on the other hand, we we um, have to uh, plan for what appears likely, and therefore we have to make decisions uh, as to what we do with the surpluses. Do we just pay down national debt? Do we establish a rainy day fund against uh, things going wrong in the future, like the one that Charlie McCreevy established, which came to our aid during the financial crisis? Or do we, um, uh, you know, simply squander a lot of this money on uh, day-to-day spending and tax cuts, or do we um, do some serious uh, investment in Ireland's uh, um, infrastructure and capital? And I think that the, the uh, although probably um, a little bit of all of these things will happen, but uh, I think that we should now take some serious um, time off to consider what actual uh, infrastructure uh, is needed and can be put in place. And one of the projects um, that I, I, I'm strongly in favour of, although the, the Dublin Port Company is equally against, is to um, relocate Dublin Port to Bremore, uh, north of Balbriggan, and to have um, a proper container port there, uh, serviced by motorways, serviced by rail links and the like, and to uh, use the vast amount of space that's uh, at the moment at the heart of Dublin, uh, not for industrial purposes, but for making Dublin a living city. And I think that, um, you know, it shouldn't be a a project which just uh, consumes vast amounts of our money. Uh, The the removal of the the port to uh, Bremore would be a gradual process. It would would, uh, be financed to some degree by the sale off and development of of the lands for Dublin Port. Harry Crosby, I saw recently, um, writing along similar lines um, to the Sunday Independent. So it's not just uh, an old idea of mine. It's uh, it's all to do with making Dublin a a livable 15-minute city. And uh, I appreciate this isn't your argument, it, it runs exactly counter to it, but what do Dublin Port say? Why would they be opposed to it? Well, uh, they've always been opposed to it. <clears throat> they um, come back to when I proposed it, you know, uh, 20 years ago uh, or more, they, they um, ran a campaign against it with um, advertising hoardings. They, 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 they went toe-to-toe with us, mm. uh, saying that they don't want it. I mean, they're, they're just opposed to it institutionally. And, um, you know, uh, they, they, are, they claim it would cost too much to move to Bremore and that uh, the present position of Dublin Port is better. They want to expand Dublin Port. They mm. want to build it out into the bay more. Um, that's their corporate agenda. Um, I, I, I think, you know, we need, we need a minister who, who can take them on. And I wonder, is Eamon Ryan... 
um, sufficiently plucky to do that. The other thing that I would say is it's not just a matter of Dublin because, you know, there are people who live outside Dublin who need infrastructural spending. Mm. One of the things that, again, it's something which the Green Party have sort of effectively put a stop to. I don't accept for a minute that we should just give up on um, completing our road network um, the road network, say, to Donegal needs to be built uh, via OMA or whatever it is. Um, the road to Sligo needs to be uh, built. Then there are things like, um, uh, you know, the the uh, ESB, um, the um, transmission network, the um, relocation of water from the Shannon to mm. Dublin. There are so many different projects. Um, and a final one, and I think it's one which I think will most people would 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 uh, immediately consider, and that is tackling uh, the housing crisis. And you see, the point about it is simply throwing money at, at 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 houses or giving grants to people won't actually solve the housing crisis. The government has to do more than that. It has to, uh, I believe, compulsorily purchase building land. And um, and uh, make it available for housing mm. at reasonable at reasonable uh, costs, and um, you know doing that. I, I see the IDA is is buying land all around Dublin for its future industrial mm. purposes, but um, the the government isn't buying uh, building land, and it has powers under the Housing Act to buy land, and you know when it buys land the vendor, even though it's a compulsory purchase, is liable for uh, 33% capital gains tax. So, I mean, it's it's, it's not as expensive a, a prospect as, as uh, you might think. But, but, uh, on your point about the, the, the national grid and, and improving that system, I'm going to speak to Lorna Bogue in just a minute um, uh, on that exact topic. But before I let you go, Michael, to go back to the port one more time, I mean, can you paint a picture of what it might look like down there if you were to move it? I mean, is it is it just an extension of what is essentially kind of the, the back end of, of the IFSC? Is is that what it might look like? Is it is it a self-contained new city on the bay? What does it look like? It, it looks it looks uh, much more residential. We don't have to build, you know, uh, 30-storey apartment blocks. Um, building high like that is not necessary, but we could build uh, eight-storey eight, eight story ap- apartment buildings uh, coupled with um, uh, some uh, developments of, um, um, you know, on-door ho- housing. Um, but the big thing is to use that space to uh, relocate the heart of Dublin uh, to the east. And and instead of having it an industrial wasteland, which it is, largely speaking at the moment, with oil tanks and things like that in it, um, to have genuine communities there, um, which would be all within, you know, a 15-minute cycle ride of Fairview, Donnybrook, Sandymount, Ballsbridge, all of those places where there is social infrastructure already there, you know, um, the Grand Canal Theatre. Mm. Um, so it's it's not just building more offices. Um, I think the office boom is over, to be honest with you. Uh, it's building uh, places for people to live and to work from home much more than they do at the moment. Michael McDowell, Independent Senator, a former leader of the PDs as well. Michael, pleasure as always. Thanks a million uh, for joining us. Build a rail link to Shannon.
says one uh, listener high speed train to Shannon would get you to Dublin in an hour no need to keep squeezing things into Dublin airport Kean in Dublin says childcare should be fully subsidised by the government I like other European countries uh, or it, like other European countries rather to allow young families the opportunity to afford a house and increase spending in the economy we have scarce building resources says somebody else it should not be wasted on moving ports and this listener says the N20 M20 should be made a priority by this government now that we have so much money it's hard to believe we don't have a proper road between our second and third cities in 2023 087-1400-106 the number Lorna Bogue I mentioned from Anrawatha Gloss uh, with me Uh, Lorna what would you like to see done I know Eamon or Eamon rather uh, Michael mentioned slip of the tongue there uh, uh, Michael mentioned um, the the electricity the energy network Is, is that something where we could see big investment um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I suppose I would say a bit more of a Freudian slip there because um, <laughs> Eamon and Michael's politics are quite similar um, to my mind. Um, but it, it is about what infrastructure is needed. Um, I, I do think the money should be invested in energy production and transmission. And the reason why I think this is that the carbon emissions from our everyday lives come from industry, food production, construction, transport and running our homes. Um, and all of these processes need to happen with without the use of fossil fuels. So we need to have an electricity system that can support this systemic change. Um, And it's not about telling people to switch off the lights after them or whatever. You know, it's actually that the state, if it has the money to invest, needs to change the framework conditions in people's lives so that it is easier um, for us to move into a a zero carbon economy. Um, And as well as that, um, it means new types of energy production and yes, a a transmission system that can handle these um, because our transmission system is um, falling apart at the moment, is not actually able to handle um, the the new technologies that are coming on board or indeed what what, what was um, Hmm. there already and the demand that is on the grid. Um, So, you know, that, that's something that's um, important for us to I, I, um, invest in. I heard a, a, a great uh, stat last week that um, Ardna Krusha, that project, uh, represented 20% of the state's expenditure when, when when it was embarked upon. I mean, it, it's like nothing that has ever been built since uh, in terms of investment at state level. Um, I mean, is, is that what we should be doing, a, a modern version of that? And I'm not specifically saying that's Dama Rivers, but I mean, is the 2023 equivalent building wind farms in the Irish Sea? Um, well, it's not It's not just limited to that, but taking that idea of Ardna Crusha and the scale of it in comparison to the state at that time, um, I speak to energy workers all the time um, as I'm canvassing, and they're always telling me about the need for investment in electrification um, and a comprehensive plan to do that. You know, So it's not even the scale of the plan. It's having a plan in the first place seems to be where the state tends to fall down these days. So I think that a 10-year plan is needed for electrification. Um, and this is actually on the scale of Ardna Crusha. It's on the scale of rural electrification. Um, and, and this is an investment in improving people's material conditions in the first instance, but also allows us um, as um, you know, a society, as a state, um, to develop further, to innovate and to do things that um, currently are not possible. Mm. Um, and I suppose in terms of coming up with that plan, though, again, going back to speaking to energy workers, 
workers, I think they're the experts here. And it's trade unions and energy workers are the people who should come up with this particular plan. And it's just up to the government to fund it then. Yeah, and, and I guess that is the point, isn't it? If, we, if we're going to electrify the grid uh, by means of hydro waves, uh, wind energy off the uh, the east coast, whatever it happens to be, there's going to be need, need to be huge government investment, whether it's out of this surplus or something else, isn't there? Because the, the, I think what some people kind of fail to realise is that the, the the closer you get to kind of 100% renewables, the harder it is to get a private company to invest any more because the returns begin to dwindle. If you're, you know, yeah. if, if 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 you need to meet peak demand, then when it does not peak demand. Turbines are just turned off and no one's getting any money for them. So eventually we'll get to a point where if you want to be 100%, the state's just going to have to build. Well, exactly. But I suppose I, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a good example of um, something that is happening in uh, rail transport. Um, so electrification of rail transport is something that is happening. And Irish Rail is pressing ahead this is despite years of state underinvestment, not because of state investment. Um, and Michael alluded to it there. There's there's no train to Donegal. There's no plan for new rail for the next 10 years. Um, and there's a, an objective need um, that is well outside um, of the policy arena um, for electrified rail to take cars and freight off the roads, which has implications for energy supply. So again, we have examples already in the Irish state where despite the underinvestment of the state, it is workers are the people who are the experts here and they are bringing about the things, the objective public good that needs to happen. Because, you know, at the end of the day, private electric companies, as you say, won't invest because they don't see profit from it. But people in their homes and how they go about their everyday lives um, still need these things, you know, and, and what what does the state actually prioritise here? Is it public good or is it profit for um, private companies? And I, I think w- what we saw during, um, I, I suppose, the, the last um, fuel crisis that we had um, and I suppose the continuing situation where private energy companies are making billions and billions of euros in profit while people are having to choose between heating and eating um, is that the state has to intervene here. Um, it can't be left to private companies and you know the priority has to be public social good Lorna Bogue from Unrath the Gloss and before Lorna and uh, Michael McDowell the Independent Senator listen thank you both uh, very much for those suggestions lots of other suggestions uh, coming in on 87 106 Ronan says we need to buy a couple of warships to shore up our Navy not just the Navy the Air Corps the Army as well Ronan anyway uh, why are we looking to spend all this money like kids with their communion money surely we need to invest in Ireland's future for example wind farms and other things to make us more self-sufficient I assume uh, give the listener the benefit of the doubt that that text was sent in uh, before Lorna made her point about investing in our national grid. Uh, we badly need an underground in the main cities, Dublin, Cork, Limerick and Galway. I'm just back from Washington and it's great. Solves a lot of problems for the infrastructure. It also generates billions in revenue from tourism. Not having one anywhere is the biggest mistake made by politicians here. Marty in Limerick, he says, what about not ripping off working people 
For example, we all still pay the USC for a financial crisis we don't have anymore. No wonder Ireland has a surplus. As an SME that employs 13 people, I'm furious and in the process of getting out. Marty, you're not the only one who is upset that we're still paying USC. There is a snowball's chance in hell that the government will use this money to fund the abandonment of the USC. If they're going to spend any of this money, it will be on some sort of capital project. Sad boy in Limerick says, surely it's time for the government to do something sensible with the surplus. He mentions the USC, but also the temporary Quinn insurance tax. Get rid of it. And one more for the moment, but my God, they're still flying in. Tygen Buncrana. Maybe a few dollars to fix Micah and pyrite problems from Donegal down to Clare. Ministers seem quite happy to remedy recent pyrite problems in Dublin immediately. How many years are homeowners on the West Coast waiting? Tig, thank you very much for that text. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.